When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GUPOD at manscaped.com. Look, guys, we've all been there. We've tried to do something nice for ourselves or perhaps the special person in our lives by going down south and trying to make things look a little bit nice. And we've also seen what could go horribly wrong. I know I have. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, love the name of that, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. So let's break this down a little bit further. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the trimmer that is the future of grooming, and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever? Maybe. I'm blown away by the performance and craftsmanship of this trimmer. It actually features a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight, so you can see what you're doing down there. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides the same proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those most delicate nose holes. Wrapping everything up is Manscaped's Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and Crop Reviver Below the Waist Toner, which is really going to change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. They've even thrown in two free gifts, which include the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. It's everything you could possibly need. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GUPOD at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code GUPOD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. This is the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can find me on social media at Golf Unfiltered, and you can send me an email, Adam, at GolfUnfiltered.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to cover in the golf atmosphere, environment, whatever you want to say, because there's a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, we are just off of the uh, Masters, Scotty Scheffler, with an incredible tournament all around, including his final hole where he four-putted the 18th green. I mean, I was talking to some buddies about uh, what what were the odds of that happening in terms of like betting odds, the winner of the tournament to four-putt the final green. Is that even a thing that existed? If anyone knows, let me know. I would have loved to know what the action was on that. But uh, that was pretty wild. And, uh, you know, we've got all this other ancillary stuff that all of a sudden just came rushing back from the golf world now that the Masters is over. And I'm talking, of course, 
about the Saudi Golf League or, you know, Live Golf Investments, whatever it's called, Greg Norman's thing that he's doing. And then all of a sudden, everyone's opinions on that come rushing back. And then there's more talk about what happened to Phil Mickelson and all that comes rushing back. And of course, I'm contributing to a lot of that chatter as well. But it's just funny how we almost were in our own little bubble of Masters fun for a week. And now that that's burst, everyone is just coming back. Oh, wait, don't forget about this. In addition to all of that, weather is changing, getting a little bit warmer where I'm at. I'm able to uh, participate in the game of golf, actually, instead of just talking about it like I've been for the last few months. Uh, I had a great evening last night. Went out uh, with a couple buddies of mine to uh, Sub-70's The 70. It's their fitting studio in Sycamore, Illinois. You've heard me talk about it before, and it's just a great place to go and, and hang out, which is exactly what we did. It was literally the four of us. It was... Me, my two buddies, and then uh, Jason, the owner of Sub70, was there and met up with us to uh, to open the studio up. And we tried out some new stuff. You know, those guys wanted some new irons. They wanted. Uh, they ended up uh, buying a driver, a few other th- a few other things. It was a great evening. You know, I had the chance to test out the new uh, 659 series that came out. Their new irons, and yeah, I mean, it's it's just a cool place. So if you're in the Chicago area or even anywhere within, I would say two hours of this place, maybe even a little bit longer, it's definitely worth the the drive. Uh, We were there for about three hours. Um, Jason was kind enough to set aside some time in the evening for us to come and and meet up with him. And uh, yeah, he sold some clubs. Um, You know, I got to try out some new things. Those new 659s. Oh boy, I'll be talking a lot more about those uh, in the near future. But uh, fans of Sub-70, you've seen the pictures online already. You see that they've got these three new iron uh, categories or iron releases, I should say. Um, and, uh, all of them are great. They look great. They feel even better. And, uh, they're still at just ridiculously low prices. You know, I remember at at a point in the, uh, in the evening last night, my one buddy, Matt was, uh, testing their 849 pro driver. Great driver. I've got one. It's, it's, it's just a really solid club for the price. And, um, it's it's actually better than that, you know. When somebody says for the price, you almost that that comes across as if you're being dismissive of it. it it's a high quality, solid driver. And at one point, he got fit for one. He ended up buying a driver. He's a strong player, you know. He's just a, a strong in every sense of the word, including clubhead speed. And Jason fit him into a club combination, shaft, clubhead, weighting, all of that. That's perfect for him. And I really appreciated the comment that Jason uh, actually made was, yeah, we could get anybody dialed in on any club anywhere. You know, it's not like what they're doing is anything special compared to one of the big box stores, you know, or one of the big OEMs. But the difference is my buddy, and I saw it live, and I've seen it for myself, of course, he got performance that is comparable or better than any of the larger brands out there, and he's going to pay, and he did pay, a lot less than he would have. Now, obviously, there's a lot that goes into different flavors of golf, right? I mean, there's going to be people who want to play one of the big brands. More power to them. I'm one of those people. I like doing that, too. I also like to play some of these boutique brands, which is exactly what Sub-70 has positioned themselves as. And it's just a, a great reminder that no matter what you think 
about club brands. And everyone likes to share their opinion online about that. Um, you could still enjoy the game and get some really damn good equipment. And you don't have to pay a lot for it. So it's entirely up to you. People like choices, right? That's probably what we've learned over the last, what, three years especially. People like to have choices. It's good that there are more choices out there, you know. And uh, what they got going on in Sycamore, Illinois, I mean, you've heard me talk about it. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to try new stuff. You know, I just like I like new equipment. I don't care who makes it, honestly. Um, what I do care about is people who treat you kindly. And uh, Jason and his staff over at Sub7, they, they do that hands down. They've been nothing but super kind and welcoming and helpful, not only to me and my friends, but also my wife. And, and it's just, they're, they're good people. They really are. All right, let's shift gears back to this live golf investments topic. I know everyone's thinking about it, so let's, let's just talk a little bit more about it. We're learning a little bit more uh, that the names of the players are more than likely going to come out pretty soon. The people who have actually agreed to play in this Saudi Arabia-backed Super Golf League, which is now, of course, called Live Golf Investments. Um, some names we already pretty much knew. Lee Westwood is a name that's been thrown around. He's probably going to play in the league. Um, Ian Poulter is a name that was thrown around a little bit. I didn't see too much chatter about him, but he it's becoming to look more and more like he's going to play as well. But a name that I didn't anticipate is Bubba Watson. And a lot of chatter about him. Now, of course, any of this could change. Nothing official has been said, but enough has been said behind the scenes that, yeah, it looks like Bubba's probably going to make the jump. I find that to be very, very interesting considering a lot of the stuff that don't that doesn't happen on the golf course. And you know where I'm going with this, particularly is it, uh, you know, has to deal with what goes on in Saudi Arabia. And uh, you've you've heard all the takes. I'm not going to bore you all listening to this episode with all of them. You can go on social. You can see what people are saying. And I actually put out a poll on Twitter, just a very informal thing asking if your opinion of any of the players that would play in this if if your opinion would change or if it would be less and shockingly and i mean that sincerely it was almost 50-50 yes and no i think that just goes to show how divided opinion is on this golf league now i guess that could be interpreted in a few different ways uh couple people responded and said, you know what, I already don't think very much of these people, so it's not going to change it any worse for me, you know. And then, of course, there was a, you know, healthy number of people who said, you know, get off your high horse or, you know, whatever. The moral art outrage is the big catchphrase these days. You know, that's fine. You can have that opinion, too. I don't agree with it, but uh, it's... It's so blatantly obvious what this golf league is doing in terms of sports washing. We've talked about this at length. That, uh, yeah, I mean, you can hold any opinion you want. It's just you're choosing to ignore what is obviously happening in front of you. Um, But Bubba was a surprise. Definitely a surprise. You know, someone who clearly, uh, well, obviously he's a two-time Masters champion. He... um, 
has been doing everything he can in recent weeks, months to have people like him a little bit more. Bubba's kind of been a polarizing person throughout his career. Most recently, it's probably been more on the upswing, right? I mean, I you don't hear much about him. He used to have, have an extremely active social media presence. He's still active to a degree. That's even been picking up. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's one of the names in the mix who's going to, to jump, to make the jump. What's even more surprising is that this isn't a guy that He's not necessarily on the cusp of joining the Champions Tour, of course. I mean, he's still a young guy, all things considered. He's won multiple majors. He's a common fixture at the drive, chip, and putt at Augusta, as well as, you know, he's going to play that tournament for as long as he can. And if the PGA Tour slash DP World Tour are going to hold up their end and, and ban people from playing on these tours... That just seems like an awful lot for Bubba to to give up, if in fact all of that happens. Now, I was talking to my buddies about it on the drive home from uh, from Sub Seventy Studio yesterday, and um, obviously, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this thing. The three of us are pretty like minded, you know we we hold certain beliefs uh, about morals and ethics and how people should should act and all that, and it's not too it's not too different than most of the people who are saying, you know what, this is a complete sham. We, we, uh, I, I will only speak for myself. I believe this entire uh, golf league concept is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but then I try to like put myself in the, in the shoes of these, these players like Bubba. Kevin Na is another name that's been floated out there. Obviously Jason Kokrak is another one that everyone has been thinking about. Adam Scott, another one has come up. All of these players who are faced with this decision uh, a few episodes ago i i talked about you know what w- w- would i take the money i don't know i don't know and the the common uh, i guess consensus among me and my friends on the drive home was pretty much that we don't know what we would do you know i'm seeing more and i i believe uh andy johnson of the fried egg he he shared this um this view on the shotgun start i believe about, hey, maybe maybe the angle here that Greg Norman is taking is just getting these quote-unquote washed-up players, players who haven't won at all in a very long time, to get them to join the league so that other players who know that they can beat those guys notice how much money they're getting paid. I, it's an interesting angle. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. And in a way, that's almost worse (laughs) right it's like you're almost setting bait greg norman is baiting these people these players to come over with money it's like the carrot at the end of the stick here's bubba watson can you beat him here's four million dollars you know i don't (laughs) it's like when there's so much money involved it people behave in weird ways and it's almost like they can't notice or don't notice or choose not to how they're being how they're how they could be perceived that just feels dirty to me maybe i'm wrong i don't know but it's (laughs) 
It seems like bait. It seems like a, a mousetrap where the piece of cheese is Kevin Na's head on a platter, pun intended, and come beat this guy. We'll, we'll pay you a lot of money. I don't know. I, I don't know what the heck's going to happen with that league, but uh, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Obviously, we got a lot more to talk about as more things become known. I imagine that these players' names are going to become official very soon now that the Masters is over. Uh, Greg Norman himself, in a statement that I read, uh, mentioned that, yeah, we just wanted the Masters. We wanted to give them their space. Oh, good for you, Greg. That's so kind. Um, Before they made any more announcements. So I imagine that that's going to happen relatively soon. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. I am so excited to partner with them once again in 2022 because they've got a lot of great stuff going on, including an entirely redesigned and renovated driving range and practice area. It's got Top Tracer. It's got, what, like 42 heated bays, individually heated, by the way. And it's even got a food truck and much, much more, such as two bars. Yeah, that's right. Go out to CogHillGolf.com today to learn a little bit more. And, of course, you already know about all their great golf courses. CogHillGolf.com. We're also pleased to continue to work with our friends at WorldwideGolfShops.com. You've heard me talk about them many times before. They've got everything you need for golf. They've got apparel, accessories, training aids, all the new equipment. They've got deals like every single day. And going out to WorldwideGolfShops.com might just help you improve your game this golf season. WorldwideGolfShops.com. So some other things that have been going on, obviously, we need to talk just briefly about Tiger's performance at the Masters. The previous episode, last week's episode, I talked a little bit about appreciation in golf and what golf can teach us about the concept of appreciation. And um, I think it's safe to say that Tiger obviously exceeded everyone's expectations, uh, or at least the vast majority of us. And the fact that he was able to play all four rounds, he made the weekend, we got to see the black and red outfit on Sunday at Augusta. I mean, that's everything you could possibly want. Sure, he didn't play great, but at this point, who cares? The man obviously was noticeably limping. He admitted that he was in a lot of pain after every single round. He forced himself to play in that tournament, and we were all the beneficiaries of that. You know, we got to see something that we perhaps didn't think we'd ever be able to see again. And, you know, I think this obviously is setting up the Tiger Woods that we will be seeing from this point forward, at least as we know him right now. Um, I don't anticipate that he's going to play many times for the remainder of the year, if at all, quite frankly. He did say that he's definitely going to play at St. Andrews. Obviously, that's going to be contingent on how he feels, but it's his favorite golf course in the world. He's going to play the British Open there as it returns later this year. And, you know, as far as the PGA Championship, which is next in the the major uh, list, uh, maybe he plays. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't count on it. Uh, and then, of course, the U.S. Open. I, I don't know. You know, I if we see Tiger twice this year, so one more time, I think that's a, a cool thing, right? Um. That is that is how he is going to be for now on. I think at most we see him four times a year until he decides that he doesn't want to play golf anymore. You know, I, I still don't think that he's going to play on the Champions uh, Tour. Uh, just doesn't seem like that's what he wants to do. It just doesn't fit him. But I uh, could be wrong. I don't know. But um, just a, it was an incredible thing to see. And uh, 
Sure, it would have been great if he was in contention, but I think that was uh, entirely un- unrealistic um, to expect. So, but uh, the, the other name, of course, that's been floating around, and it's it's for an entirely different reason and a little bit more tied to the first topic that we talked about. Phil Mickelson remains completely nowhere. Nobody knows where he is. Um, I've seen things that he hasn't been at his San Diego home in a long time, which means he might be in Arizona, which is where he owns another home. Uh, we did see that both he and Tiger um, applied. You have to, there's an application process to play in the U.S. Open. So there's some sign of life there from Phil. We also know that Alan Shipnuck's uh, book about Phil Mickelson, the unauthorized autobiography, will be coming out very soon. And there's just a lot of uncertainty and, and mystery around, well, do we know the whole story? I would anticipate, and I don't know anything about this, but I would anticipate that we're going to hear a little bit more from Shipnuck and the Fire Pit Collective leading up to the release of the book. And is there something that remains damaging to Phil Mickelson is the big question that at least golf sickos like you and I pay attention to on the internet. And then I I sit back and I wonder, it's like, okay, what's the point if there is anything more? And I've heard all sorts of different stories about what it could be. You've heard them too, I'm sure. But if there is something, what's the benefit of getting that out there? If it's shock value, I mean, that's the time in which we live. People want the clicks. People want to get their clout. Um, I guess maybe, but to what end? You know, what what do you get out of it? If if just the clout, is that enough? I mean, is it going to actually harm Phil Mickelson? I mean, there's a lot of questions around around that type of thing, and it'll be interesting to to kind of you know keep that at the forefront. We're going to see some things. People love to talk about it. And um, my my personal take on the whole thing, I mean, obviously, I Phil did the wrong thing. Absolutely did the wrong thing. I think he let his true colors show a little bit. He uh, miscalculated a uh, leverage opportunity is the way, you know, to use the word that he used to uh, potentially improve matters on the PGA Tour. I, I don't know. But uh, he could have gone about this differently. And... While I'm not a fan of the man, um, obviously he's brought a lot of enjoyment to people watching the game of golf, myself included. It's, it's, he's fun to watch on TV. Um, I genuinely hope that things are okay. I hope he's okay. You know, whatever it is that he's doing, I hope that he's safe, right? I think we can at least all agree we don't want something bad to happen to the man. As far as the PGA Tour is concerned... Another article, again, by the Fire Pit Collective, actually, came out, uh, written by Mark Baldwin, who is a, uh, if, you're not, if you're unfamiliar, he's a very active person on social media, but he's also a strong golfer. Uh, he plays on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour, and he's gotten a few uh, playing exemptions at a few PGA Tour events. Uh, about Will Wilcox, um, otherwise known as Willie Wilcox. He, he has appeared on this podcast Years ago, Willie and I have corresponded a number of times on social, email, that type of thing. Super nice guy. The article is about Will's struggles with uh, addiction, uh, specifically opioids. 
a lot of people in this country deal with that. And um, the tagline, or one of the taglines for the article was essentially that he was a drug addict with a PGA Tour card. And the article, which is uh, rather lengthy, uh, detailed many of the stories that Willie lived through. You know, uh, basically having all of these substances in his body while performing at a pretty high level. Making a living. And then ultimately he gets suspended, not for all the opioids and painkillers in his system, but instead he gets suspended for marijuana from the PGA Tour. He was out for a long time. He now, I believe, uh, I believe he's retired from the game, uh, from the tour at least, and he continues to contribute to the game by providing lessons, and he'll, he'll go out and I think he plays the odd tournament here and there. But if this, I mentioned this story, which you should definitely go read. I, I highly recommend it. Um, I mentioned this story because it's interesting that this comes out at the same time as there's been discussion and questions around how the PGA Tour takes care of their players. I don't know if this is a coincidence. Um, I doubt that it is. Uh, especially since a lot of all of this is stemming from the same source or the same publication, the Fire Pit Collective. I mean, they're not dummies. They know what they're doing. Um, but if this is a true issue that the PGA Tour picks and chooses certain things to ban players on, I mean, this is a big problem. Um one could make the argument, and I would subscribe to that argument, that if if Will was struggling with all of these things, I don't know if he reached out to the PGA Tour for help. What I do know, according to Will, his own words, is that they knew what was in his system because they do random drug tests. Ultimately, of course, that's what led to him being suspended because they detected marijuana in his system, which is banned. Uh, on the PGA Tour, as well as many places uh, in sports. But I, I, I don't understand if they knew that all of that other stuff was in his, his system, why wouldn't they help? Why wouldn't they offer treatment? I, what am I missing? I know the whole argument that they're independent contractors and you know, this isn't a union or anything like that. Fine, that's all true. But does that make any sense to you? Here's a drug test. Check the boxes on all of these substances. Oh, you're good. But if that is an indication of how life is like, Work, quote unquote, working for. I know that they're, they're not employees of, but working for the PGA Tour. Maybe these players have a point. I don't know. I don't know. I, as far as com, you know, competing golf leagues springing up and players considering making the jump. All of a lot of that is money based. These players are looking for a huge payday life-changing money, lives 
changing money down down their family line, if you want to think of it that way. But I don't think that life on tour is as good or glamorous as we might be led to believe. And Willie, uh, Will Wilcox, was a fine example of when things could go wrong. And I'll even say that the PGA Tour failed this guy. And I love Willie. Cool guy. He's always been kind to me. More to come on that, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to get more backlash. I don't I don't anticipate the PGA Tour making a statement or anything. But a lot of interesting stuff has come out recently, and I think more will be coming. Uh, whether it be about Phil, whether it be about Live Golf Investments, whether it be about the PGA Tour stuff. Heck, I don't know. Maybe I'll do another uh, Golf Stories volume on it. I, who knows? But um, as we wrap up this week's episode, um, speaking of golf stories, that podcast that uh, was co-written by uh, me and my buddy Chris McEwen, where it detailed the uh, my encounter with a secret tour pro, an anonymous Twitter user, it's still available. Um, it's a little hard to find, I admit. It's a little hard to find on... Uh, if you just search on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So, you want to search for Golf Story Secret Tour Pro, it will pop up. If you can't find it, shoot me an email, adam at golfandfiltered.com. If you want to listen to it, it's five episodes long. A lot of work went into these episodes. And if you like the true crime feel, if you like that type of you know, documentary-style, episodic podcast, you're going to love this. Obviously, you're already hooked with the golf feature, It's a story that has stuck with me for years. I'm glad that we were able to tell it. I'm glad that people were able to help us tell their side of the story as well. Go check it out. Golf Stories, Volume 1, Secret Tour Pro. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks for listening. We do have a few interviews lined up for future episodes. It's a very busy season for new equipment, and brands want to talk about their stuff. Um Eventually, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Mizuno's new irons. Um, There's a whole backstory to that, too, that I'll share when we get time and when I actually receive the clubs, uh, which has been an issue. And that has nothing to do with Mizuno. It has everything to do with what's been going on in the world as many brands. And I'm sure you're you're noticing this, too, if you've tried to buy golf equipment. There's a lot of delays these days. And it's sad. But uh, once I receive the irons, I'm going to be able to talk a little bit more about them. I think you'll enjoy what we have in store. Uh, I know that I will uh, enjoy hitting those clubs. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you know how to reach out to me at Golf Unfiltered on social media. And once again, my email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. Take care, everyone.